high sticky hook to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown today's show. What's on the menu today? Well, anything but turnovers. We saw too many of those last night. Wow. Stuart Skinner is all that. If I hear anybody today say, let us never get a win when a goalie steals the game, I'm going to lose it. It's also a very, very serious day in our nation for a very specific reason, and we will talk about that as the day rolls along. Our guest, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal, and Josh Reinitz uh, from the Hockey Writers, writer for the Hockey Writers and also uh, a lawyer. And we need one today to unravel a little bit of what has happened today and what it means for Hockey Canada and all involved uh, in what occurred, what is it now? How many years back are we talking about? Five years ago. Five members of the 2018 World Junior Team have been told to surrender to London, Ontario police to face charges of sexual assault, according to the Globe and Mail. And I'm reading directly from a Rick Westhead tweet today. Uh, This story has been really rumbling for some time and with dribs and drabs and some interesting timelines, including uh, I tweeted out today, the Athletic did a great job of, of just uncovering the exact timeline of when things occurred. And it it seems to have happened slowly, and yet when you read the timeline events in the Athletic article, uh, a lot of things occurred. It just wasn't really getting to the, the crux of the issue. And there were a lot of, um, I think, efforts made. We'll see how it all comes out um, to make this story not the story it's going to become. But today is a big day. And we will talk about it because we have to and because it's important and because these events do matter and what happened after these events occurred and were known also matters. So we'll get to all of it. You can text or call us at one 401 on Twitter at Low Tide at Declan Kruger. We're on podcasts, we're on Twitter, we're on Spotify, all major outlets at Zeller's in the toy aisle. Uh, Al's Toy Barns. What's the best way? What's the number one way people access our podcast, Declan Kruger? Uh, Apple Podcasts are the most popular okay. downloaded podcast. Spotify is a close second. Yeah, I do Spotify. That's how I listen to us. You uh, listen back to us? Oh, all the time. Do you just uh, listen to my segments? Or? Well, you're up to 27% of all verbal. So <laughs> yeah, you're I'm getting, getting there. I, I want to go for 33. There you go. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. The Discover event is on now. Uh, they'll be blowing up remaining 2023 GMCs. They're doing it right now. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. As I mentioned, McCurdy and Mr. Josh Reinitz will make his first appearance on our show uh, from the Hockey Writers talking about the uh, the events today. Um, I'm not going to get into too much specifics without outside of, of talking to Mr. Reinitz on this subject. And we're not going to read a lot of the texts today that I know are going to come in that are very specific and very pointed in one way or the other. Uh, the reason I'm not doing that is that this is a very, very important uh, issue. And it's one that, that from a legal point of view, there's a lot that, that we can't talk about. And there's a lot that when we ask guest questions, they're not going to be able to talk about. So if you want your text to be read, we need you to be respectful and understand that this is litigation or this is a, a, an event that is going to occur in the coming weeks and months and years. And it will impact a lot of different things. 
One thing that's been pointed out, and it was by Frank Sarbali, I want to give him credit, is within moments of the announcement of what was occurring, uh, the NHL, or at least Salt Lake City representatives interested in getting into the NHL, talked about NHL expansion. So it, the timeline, when you read uh, Sarvali's tweet, is it's fascinating, and it's easy to look upon it as being very cynical, and I think that's what most people are doing. Uh, this is um, This is a very, very difficult issue for everybody, I think, in Canada. And it will change how Canada goes about the business of things like national teams and oversight and investigations and settlements and all of the rest, in my opinion. We'll see how it goes. What a wild, wild, wild run it's been. And really, I was looking at the timeline today. April 22nd, 2022, victim files a lawsuit against Hockey Canada and the CHL. May 2022, it's settled. Terms are not public. And at some level, somebody must have thought that was the end of it. And public pressure brings today. And that is very interesting and worth observing. Also worth observing are the people who pushed for it and their age. And I will leave it at that, and we'll find out how things roll out in the next number of months. Now, there was a hockey game last night, and I do want to talk about that. Oilers won their 14th in a row, and they did it with, I was going to say style, but they did it in a way that reminded me very much of the Taylor Hall Oilers or uh, the Sam Gagne 1.0 Oilers. I wrote about Gagne in The Athletic uh, today about his three different stops in Edmonton and how different they are and how effective he is now as a player. And I think last night we saw some of that from this team where there's complete chaos and no matter how you good how good you are individually there's a problem and the last line of defense was Stuart Skinner and he won them the game I know you say well I wasn't busy later okay all right say whatever you want to not give Stuart Skinner credit this show this two hours is going to say Stuart Skinner saved their ass last night and he had to they were buzzing. They were Columbus is always tough for the Edmonton Oilers. They play a very spirited game. They forecheck like demons. They're on the defenseman. Time and space is taken away. And the Oilers defense last night did not react well. And if you're another team coming in, i.e. Chicago or whomever else, you want to take note. Pressure the defense. They're still the same defense. And those those outlet passes that never came, those turnovers that occurred, they are out there against the Edmonton Oilers, you have to pressure them. Suffocating pressure really makes this defense look ordinary or worse. We saw that last night. It was a mind-boggling first period. How you can watch last night's first period and still say, ah, Skinner didn't rob that. He didn't win that game. He didn't get, he's not the reason they got the two. He helped. Forget about it. Don't even make that argument with me. Stuart Skinner was the reason they were in the game getting into the third period. And my goodness, they played well. Interesting that the coach tweaked the lines. We can talk about that today as well. Give Stuart Skinner the respect he deserves today. That's my point to you. They've won 14 in a row, and he's a big part of it. Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogel, we're going to have to have a conversation about them, and maybe even Dylan Holloway, because they are playing now. Like, it's like they have 
McDavid line, Drysaddle line, and enough left over for another line with torque and and drive and success. And McLeod made a play last night on the Holloway goal. I don't think he got credit for an assist. That's a real NHL skill hockey play. He's carrying the puck through the neutral zone, doing really well. And McDavid and Drysaddle are still brilliant players, but right now the hottest firecracker at five on five is McLeod and and Fogel. They're playing brilliant hockey right now. The blooms off the rose in some areas. It'll come back. Don't worry. It's a, it's one of those things, but the Edmonton Oilers right now are an excellent, excellent team with depth and scoring depth and outscoring depth. It's pretty wild. Read the Sam Gagne article I wrote today at the athletic and, and look at how good they are. They're not just good at suppressing goals when the third and fourth line are out there. They're good at outscoring by quite a lot. And Gagne is a perfect example of that. But Holloway's done a lot just in, since his arrival. I'm very impressed. Got to keep it going. But that that first period last night, if you're a team coming to play Edmonton in the next while, you're, there's your template. Just forechecked like demons. Just absolutely forechecked by demons. And you're going to get turnovers. I felt bad for Cody Cece. He was, it's one of those games where they, the, you know, you can say, well, they weren't sharp, and they were not. But the worst case scenario is the, the Columbus Blue Jackets were willing to risk everything to make a play, and they were making plays. And so that gets you, instead of being on your, you know, you're on your heels, instead of you're on your toes if you're defending. And that's what happened to the Oilers. And by the third period, Knobloch had straightened it out. And credit, and I say Knobloch, it might have been Coffee, it might have been Stewart, I don't know. Uh, Gullitson doesn't get any credit anymore. Maybe he should. But the coaching staff or somebody in the leadership group clearly had some impact. They changed lines, they looked different, and they dominated in the third period, as they should have. That was a really interesting game if you're an Oilers fan because there there are um, things that can be enforced and employed by the opposition that make the defense look ordinary. And right now, this defense has not looked ordinary for a long time. Last 20 games, Stuart Skinner has been lights out with his save percentage, but... The defense has also been getting the puck out very well to the forwards who are also coming back. Last night, there was there was a tremendous amount of being outnumbered in your own zone. Three forwards up, taking risks. Why? Because they feel like they can make a play in the Edmonton zone and the puck doesn't get out. And it happened a lot last night. All right. Are we going to do an NBA section today? Are we going to do something on the NBA? Because I sort of chided you yesterday, but I wasn't sure whether you would take the bait or not. Well, I think the plan is to have an NBA segment today at uh, one forty. Okay. Looks like that's on the schedule. Obviously, can always be changed. Oh, it's it, your show. It's I, on the schedule. Who makes the schedule, there? I make the schedule. So you've scheduled it. I scheduled it for myself. But you know what? I did consult with you, and I think well, I, you did. I got like half of a thumbs up, a little bit of an eye roll, and I figured, ah, that's good enough. Let's go with it. I don't think you're the only one that noticed Stuart Skinner had a great game, particularly in the first and second periods from Craig. Craig, there's a lot of people out there who just will not give him credit. And it's like, well, okay, right now, if look at the long resume. Two years in the AHL where he was good. His rookie year, he was a finalist for the Calder Trophy as a rookie. And this year started slowly, no doubt. McDavid was hurt. Ekholm was hurt. McLeod was hurt. They didn't look good, and they were trying a new defensive system. 
The last time the Oilers tried a new defensive system, Devin Dubnik ended up being traded for Matt Hendricks. I'll give Ken Holland all kinds of credit. That's one of the things I want to talk to, to you about today is, look, if you want to make a list of the things that Ken Holland has done that haven't worked out and weren't good bets at the beginning when they were first made, you bet. Athens see you trade for sure. Mike Green trade, for sure. Even if the Edmonton Oilers hadn't endured the pandemic with all the other uh, people in the world, it still would have been very questionable to make those deals, for sure. Duncan Keith, you bet. I thought the Warren Fogle trade was poor. I was wrong. It really worked out well. Ethan Bear has not become the player that I thought he would, and Warren Fogle has become more of a player than I thought he would have. But signing Hyman, trading for Ekholm, there's a lot on Ken Holland's done list that's looking very good today. And among them are keeping his powder dry in goal, where Stuart Skinner's playing well, not moving off for Brian McLeod. You know, Dan Tenser sent out a tweet of mine, thank you, Dan, yesterday, where I was talking about, and I wasn't the only one, believe me, I wasn't the only one, talking about McLeod's underlying numbers being good, his possession numbers being good, and, and just be patient. And the responses, I read the responses from, from back uh, when I wrote that, people were like, they were just really angry. And that's why when you say, you know, my friend Lyle here could be a better general manager. I think hindsight is really good. And I think making decisions in a fit of peak is really bad. And I think most of us, and I include me, because I'd have Mark Pouliot as the third-line center today, are, are kidding ourselves if we think we could go in and do that and, and be in a position to make a difference in a positive way. And I always challenge people. If you think that, then join join the people who already have. And you know what? A lot of people from the Ologosphere and related groups have. Tyler Dello is in New Jersey now. He's, he's doing the work. He's actually doing the work that we talk about. Michael Parcati is employed by the Edmonton Oilers right now. He's doing the work. Tim Barnes works for the Washington Capitals. My friend Rob Volman works for the Los Angeles Kings. Rachel Dory, who we have on the show every Monday at 1240, she got into the industry. People are trying to make a di- If you feel like you can make a difference, then you should. If you feel like that's your calling, then you should. But when you say my friend Lyle or Gervid or Bethany, whatever the name is, would be a better general manager than Ken Holland, understand there are, there are things about that that may be true. But the big job, the whole job, the being patient part of it, I, I think you need to have, your bona fides need to be a little more than I watch all the games nerd. Okay, I've said my piece. The day has a weird vibe, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. It just does. You know, we knew this was coming. We knew the announcement was happening. We knew the timeline from Hockey Canada. We knew there were five people involved. We knew, we knew, we knew. But the, the questions that we had before are now over flooded by questions that we have anew and different questions that we had that we couldn't answer or ask before because we, weren't, we didn't have all the information. And now we have a little more of it. How deep will this go? How much change will occur? I, I, think, the, I think the big one is what will we learn? In Canada... There are a lot of organizations with a tremendous amount of power in various sports. Maybe we could have that conversation, too, at some point in time. It's going to be a very busy day. On the way, 
we have rumors it's going to be about hockey today and about the changing needs at the top, including the Edmonton Oilers, but also the Toronto Maple Leafs and others of the NHL standings. It seems like every week brings up a new need. And right now, Chicago signed a goaltender, and it's blown the lid off the trade market for the deadline for goalies. Ten are needed, two are available. How's that going to go? This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. Driving in today, I have this thing where I uh, people call me cheap, but I'm really frugal. There's a difference. So I would rather not waste my windshield wiper fluid so that I can buy a better steak when I go to the supermarket. So I'm going to spend the money, but I am prudent about what I spend it on. So I usually follow the like I, I follow far away because I don't want my windshield getting all mucked up. And then I got to use the windshield wiper. You couldn't do it today on the way in. You could be the, the, the car in front of you could be on Guam and you could be driving in Edmonton and you were still going to get something on your windshield. Declan, do you worry about this stuff or you just go in there and buy the new blue liquid whenever you need it? Uh, yeah, probably probably more along the lines of that second one there. If it's needed, I'll go and grab it and uh, be on my merry way. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you. You know the, the dentist fellow who won that uh, broadcast date? Yes, that you sir. know that's your guy. Dr. Jeff Jess. Has he dentist. reached out to us? Have we reached out to him? We he, gotta get him in here. Yeah, he has not reached out okay. uh, to me personally. I was I don't know if you've had any contact with him. Oh well uh, I you know, I mean I'm I, I'm I drive by his house. No, I don't. Uh <laughs> but we should get into that. Because yes. it's like January, so no, he's probably absolutely. he had some things to say. I will say he's a dentist. He's a busy guy. I know he it did firsthand. tell me, he said what his schedule was like. I'm oh my god, it's gonna be June yeah. before we get but I the other thing is, since he won it, and since he did the auction and, and won the opportunity to sit with us, the, the team's been winning. Maybe he's just like, I'm not going to go in there when they're winning because I, it'll be bad luck. No, he would. I mean, listen, he he's a smart guy. He'd figure out a way to get the luck turned around. You don't you don't become a dentist without you know figuring a couple things out along the way. We have to make a mental note. The next time we do one of these where we're giving away an opportunity to talk to us, we can't have a smart person come in here. They're just going to make us oh. look bad. Oh yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the trenches a little we bit. We have to pre-think this stuff. Maybe right. that's why we've been so hesitant on Dave Jameson, because he's so much smarter well, than I, both you of know us. what? I and I talked to him. He's such a great guy, but I I feel like Dave's a busy guy. Yes. And and I don't want to impose on him, but I, I really do want to have him on, see what is going on. And I know that he's doing really great work with a lot of different uh areas. Um he's a guy he's a giver. He gives a lot uh to the community. So I know he's doing good things. The Chicago Blackhawks have signed Peter Morozik. To an extension, four point two five million, two years. Now you need a goalie. They needed a goalie. They like him. They sign him. But here's the problem: he was going to be one of the guys, along with like Allen in Montreal and a couple of others, Reimer maybe, who were going to be traded at the deadline. Now that's extremely unlikely because of the years tacked on. Nobody's going to want to make that deal. The Avalanche are going to activate Arturi Lekkonen off long-term injury reserve. And that will happen before tonight's game. Cole Smith has been signed to an extension by the Nashville Predators. Salt Lake City-based owners request initiation of formal NHL expansion process. If I were them, I'd ask for the Arizona Coyotes. Don't give me an expansion team. Give me that great young team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Not a bad idea. In various parts of organized hockey, five players were asked for a leave and were granted a leave of absence today. Carter Hart, Alex Formanton, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, Dylan Dubé. That is uh, public news and it is available anywhere. And so that the, the, there are all kinds of impact moments in this story. And that is one of them because there are NHL teams or is a team in Europe that are impacted by this and how long the process goes on, what, what it means to each of those individuals. We don't know. We have, we have zero idea. We know the process is underway and we know that Josh Reinitz will join us from the hockey writers. He is a lawyer, uh, Obviously knows a lot about hockey as well. And so we're going to talk to him about the timeline of what has occurred, the 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 thunder moment that is today, uh, and the very careful reaction, the manicured reaction, which I'm not surprised by, because um everybody everybody is entitled to due process. So that's where we are now. And I've got people texting in saying, Well, why don't you well you because there, this is now, it's, there's a who song called, it's, there's a legal matter, baby. And that's what it is. It's a legal matter. So we can talk about the timeline, what occurred, uh, the settlement, what didn't occur after that, the pressure to do something, what has happened since that, the investigation, all of that. And we will do that today. But there is always a sense in these moments from some part of a fan community, an online community, to A, rush, and B, be frustrated that people aren't slinging arrows. This is not the time to do that. That's not how our system works, which is followed by our system doesn't. I get it. I understand. But that's how we are going to play it on this show. And if you don't like that, that's fine. But that's where we're going. Joe Daddy says, there's a systemic problem within hockey culture in Canada. Something needs to change. Absolutely. Hopefully this investigation is the start. I, I think that is absolutely the, the case. But I think we knew that before today. And it's not just hockey, just so we all know. Do you, do you want to go on chapter and verse about what's going on with soccer? Or, or do we want to save that for another day? We could maybe save that for another day. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good over there in Europe. It's it is. If that's what you were referring to, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of things coming home to roost. Cliff says the uh, windshield washer fluid available at uh, two jugs for three dollars at independent grocers. No frills. There you go. You don't need to hold the washer button for five minutes, LT. Throw it for five seconds. I do. I'm. I am. Fr- I told you I was frugal. Low tide. Good on you guys to talk about this crazy story that nobody is talking about at all. Well, they, there are certain elements that cannot understand that that. You know, um, you, you're hearing crickets from everybody, everywhere. They've known this is happening for a long time. 
So what do you do? You, well, you, you acknowledge the event, you say this has occurred, and then you let due process occur. Because th- that's how it has to happen. That's, that's the system that we work under and live under. Now, we can talk about the timing of the NHL's, uh, you know, expansion announcement, you know, because I, I think that, I think it's, you know, you can, you can just say that's, you know, a, a, a kind of a cynical thing, and maybe it was a coincidence, but it doesn't look good. I think that uh, Frank Saravalli sent that out. That's interesting. But, yeah, we're going to talk about it, you know, as much as we can. And the things that I'm going to ask coming up at 1240 with our guest are things like, is this a normal timeline for this kind of thing? I think it is not, but I want to know. Like from the from the point of the victim filing, which was April 2022, the settlement a month later, and now this, is that a typical timeline in Canada? No comments on the record is probably the least interesting part of this story. The, I guess, no, let me take that back. Not the least interesting part of this story. It is the most predictable part of this story. I think that's fair. LT, you think all these guys are finished playing in the NHL? No, no way to know. No way to know. There's no, there's no, I know people hate this, but they're, they're innocent until proven guilty is a thing in our society. So there's a court of public opinion is just one thing, which we are not going to entertain today because it it will lead to no good. And then there is due process, which is going to happen now. And it's, we tend as human beings to jump to conclusions and put everybody in the same position and spot. And maybe that is correct, but we don't know. That's why all of these things have to occur and they roll out on their own time frame. My friend Bronco told me he knows more about running a hockey team. You're right about the atmosphere today. There's a great cloud. We can hope it'll lead some positive change from Craig. I, I totally, you know, um, yeah, this is, this is, ah, uh, boy. This this is not a, a um, the, the, this is not a one-time thing. This is not a one-time problem in society. And it's, it's, the question that we have to ask ourselves is how do you, how do you move on and how do you approach these things and how, how, if you have a central authority, how do you monitor it? Is that a government thing? And then there gets into, into, you know, do you trust the guy? You know, we're in a weird time in our, in our life as Canadians. But this one is sort of right at the, the, the heart of it all. Because at the very, very center of all of this, and we don't talk about it much, is a victim. And so whatever else is flying around and whatever else we're talking about, there is a victim here. And that is why all of these things have to occur.
I'm interested in the timeline. So I'm thinking that if Salt Lake becomes the next expansion team, they'll probably do Salt Lake and Kansas City, right? Kansas City would be in the central. You'd probably get, well, you'd probably get Salt Lake in the Pacific, and then you'd load them up again like you did with Seattle and Vegas so that it would be more difficult for the Otis to win a Stanley Cup. And you say, oh, come on, low tide. That'd be 34 teams. You'd have to go to six divisions of five, and then four of those divisions would have six. I don't think my math is working. Maybe it is. Do we think do we think there's too many teams? I thought there was too many teams at 21. But I think at 32, we're... I mean, we're not getting back to the point where, where Tom Reed and Pierre Bouchard, with their skating ability, could play in the NHL again, like we did during the WHA years. But... In all honesty, there's a lot of players in the National Hockey League that are fringe, and there's going to be a lot more. Declan, do you? I know you're a swimmer, but can you skate? Because you still may have time. Yeah, I mean, with the with this extra expansion team, you're right. I may finally have a shot at the league. Um, I think it dilutes the product a little bit. I was happy with 30 teams. I think 32 is a little much. Um, but you know, there's so much great talent in Europe and all over the world. And we sometimes live in a North American bubble. We think that hockey, you know, lives here and is bred here. And, you know, we see some of the talent around the league. And like I said, how much comes from Europe and it truly is a global game. And so I understand that, but you know, I, I, I was happy with 30 teams. 30 you were happy with it. Well, 32, if it gets me in the league, but I was happy with 30. Teams. I, I don't mind that they expand again, but please put Quebec Nordiques back in. Because I love them. Quebec Nordiques were a thorn on the side of the Montreal Canadiens. And for that alone, I would I would march on wherever I have to to get that done. Okay. It's 1235. This is such a, a, a an explosive story with a great deal of sensitivity, and we have to treat it with care. And we are going to. Josh Reinitz from the Hockey Writers is going to join us next. We're going to talk about the breaking news. We're going to talk about the timeline. And we're going to talk about what we can expect over the next several months or a couple of years. And we'll do that with Josh next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out. WolfGMCBuick.com. It's 1239. Josh Reines joins us now from the Hockey Riders. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, Josh. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be with you. Well, I wish it was under different circumstances, but here we are. Uh, five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team been told to surrender to London, Ontario Police. Uh, looks like to face charges of sexual assault. That's via the the Globe and Mail. So for you, I know due process uh, is part of this and it has to occur, but the timeline, does it really begin now in terms of, of finding out the facts that have not yet been made public? I would think so. Um, You have to imagine that once the actual charges are filed and the arrests are made, then then it would become public. Um, I I imagine that that the, uh, you know, the victim information, things like that will still be uh, sheltered. But but the actual allegation should become public pretty soon. We sometimes, and, you know, due process is a, a difficult thing. So when when we hear the five names, we jump to the conclusions that are all five are, are specific and, and involved in everything. 
some of the things that will come out will be with the specific charges to individuals. Fair? Fair. But the one thing I would caution everybody is is we all think we know who the five names are because those have been the names that have uh, most publicly walked away from their teams. There's, there's. I would really. I, I think this is is one of the few times in journalism that that being right certainly trumps uh, being quick, and and especially here where you're talking about uh, permanent lasting impact on the lives of a lot of different people. I think I think we really need to be patient and see what what actually transpires because you know there, there's also the potential that some of these guys are witnesses or or other involved in other ways um so i i just think patience is probably the best uh thing to do right now and it's also possible that some of those five names because of the world we live in and reasons why uh, people step away are different it, it may be it's possible that that's not associated with this at all Correct, or it could be associated in a collateral way. Right. Um, uh, you know, just to use, um, you know, uh, Dylan Dubé as, a, as an example. I mean, I, I have no idea who's involved, but, you know, he was the captain of that team. And, and for all we know, you know, perhaps he feels some responsibility as being the captain and maybe it's weight on him. And, mm-hmm. you know, who, who knows? Um, but I, I think it's, it's very um, imprudent to... Uh, implicate people until there's actual charges yeah very fair we are joined by josh reines from the hockey writers there's also at the center of this and we don't talk about the individual much we don't have a name we would not use it even if we had it uh but there's a victim here and and due process involves the victim as well and i just wonder and i don't know and and i'm very curious because this happened in 2018 which is you know that's several years ago we're talking uh, coming up on six uh, but in April of 2022, the, the victim filed a lawsuit, Hockey Canada. It was settled, I think, a month later. Uh, then there was some pressure for an investigation to continue. From a timeline point of view, as a lawyer, is this something that looks typical to you? Or or do you think that it, it took a long time to get here, what, six years later? Um, I, I think no two uh, sexual assault cases are really the same. Uh, the facts in all of them are very different. This investigation certainly has taken a more winding path than most. Um, it's not uncommon for there to be um, lawsuits associated, civil lawsuits associated with, with cases like this. Uh, normally, the criminal cases would be handled first, and then the civil lawsuits, depending who the civil lawsuits are against, um, I imagine in this case, the civil lawsuit was a, that that settled was against Hockey Canada because they were uh, responsible for the event and everything that was going on. And um, based on that, uh, I understand why they did it at that time and settled it out when they did. But I, I can't. Um, it, it, it normally the criminal would go first, right? Do you, um, Josh? No comments on the record. People get upset about that, but that's that's kind of the play here, right? Like when you are involved in anything, saying something can be more dangerous than just acknowledging and saying nothing. Well, so if if I were representing one of the players, I, I don't think there's any advantage at this point to making a comment um, at all. I, I don't think... 
it's wise. As for the teams, you know, we're all at a disadvantage in the media because we have no idea what the teams know or don't know or uh, what the players have told their teams. And, and keep in mind that, you know, if the players are having conversations like in New Jersey, right? So if, if, if one of the players in New Jersey uh, that's currently taking leave is sitting down with the general manager and talking to the general manager about, hey, this is what's going on. Are they now making the general manager's witnesses and their teammates' witnesses? So if I were, you know, from the team aspect, I wouldn't want to know anything directly from the player anyway because you're putting yourself and you're putting the player in a very awkward position. Interesting, interesting. So uh, let's go outside of the, the, the what has occurred today and then talk about what we hope uh, from a general or wider uh, uh, point of view comes out of this. Josh Ryan is our guest from the Hockey Writers. You obviously know hockey well. You know the impact of Hockey Canada. You know how national teams are chosen uh, and all of the ins and outs. So is there, can we get a general consensus and who would we like look to uh, if we're going to revamp or realign or realize something that is an improvement on what we have, where do you start, Josh? I think you have to start at the at the earliest levels of of hockey and, and development and and the national team programs. And I think you need to make a component of these programs education. Um, and and these kids, especially in Canada, more so than you know here in the U.S are you know our stars and household names get younger and younger um i mean how early do people know Connor bedard's name in canada right when he's 13 14 maybe younger yeah um so there's a big spotlight on them and i think in the age of social media that it's very important that these organizations take very seriously their responsibility to train these people and to equip them with with resources uh, so they understand their responsibility, and they understand, um, you know, how to how to acquit themselves in public and, and elsewhere. So uh, you write for the Hockey Writers, and that organization is uh, how many people write for the Hockey Writers? Jeez, oh, I don't know. I, there's about I know for the Devils, there's there's four or five of us that regularly write on the Devils. So you extrapolate, extrapolate that out. There's probably a hundred writers. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I know there's a lot of draft guys, but I wanted to ask you while I have, if you don't mind, I didn't, sure. didn't pre-plan this, so I didn't I didn't warn you. But uh, Tom Fitzgerald um, is is back long term. Lindy Ruff back long term. They're talking. Uh, to Toffoli's agent. It seems to me this year is a lot about goaltending, and I, I thought Halibut would be in New Jersey by now. Um, so is 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 this just an organization that is, is you know, taking the long play and specific years or months aren't important? Because I, I feel like in any other city there would have been a little more panic to get a goalie. Well, I think, so at the end of last season, I think the calculus for, for Fitzgerald had to be is he willing to risk years of Brat, uh, Meyer, Heischer, and Jack's prime on a goalie situation that's sort of up in the air? And the well, from everything we know, they reached out to uh, Winnipeg, and and I don't know if Winnipeg decided to pull Hellebuck back off the market, and him and Shifley decided they were going to make a run for it and stay or if the cost to get him was, was just too high. 
Um, and there really wasn't anything else out there this summer that I think would have been a huge impact. But I think you're seeing now that uh, it's unsustainable um, to keep the situation that they have. And, and really, he's going to have to figure out a solution, whether that is bringing in someone like Capo Kakinen just to uh, stabilize the year and then trying to upgrade over the summer, or it's, it's making a big play for, for one of the big names that are out there. It's pretty wild. I, I, I'm I'm a fan of the Devils. I have been for a long time because I like the way they do business. I, I just I, I and I the goaltending market is so poor right now, right? Like you just you, you're not sure. And and I I don't have a solution. I just I thought New Jersey would have one by by, by now. Yeah, I think the I think to me the goaltending market is like relief pitchers in baseball, right? Like there's four or five that are guaranteed to be the guys that you want and then everybody else it seems like year to year there's guys that get hot and then guys that aren't and unless you can find a way to get and lock down one of those four or five you're going to be scrambling you know it seems like year to year um so i guess there's different ways to look at it and and how you build your team but you know if i were them i I would really consider if Soros is really available, I think you have to throw all your all your assets into that direction. Um, I think he's probably the best answer of anybody who's been rumored to be available. Josh, thanks so much for this. A hot potato, you handled it beautifully. Thank you. Appreciate your time, man. Have a great day. All right, there you go. Josh Ryan is from the Hockey Writers, uh, covering New Jersey Devils and uh, covering, obviously, the legal side of it, giving us some really good insight into, and I, and I really think it was, you know, um, Interesting what he said about drawing conclusions. You know, there are names out there, and obviously that's, you know, the the, the human condition allows you to make that connection and, and logic and reason do as well. But again, uh, as he said, there may be elements involved. There may be uh, parts of this that are unknown. And that's why we're extremely careful, and I think it's a good idea for all of us to be uh, careful. Certainly as journalists we should, and uh, certainly as as broadcasters, and, you know, if you're following this story, keep that in mind as well. Okay, so on the way, we've got Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey, the Evan Journal. have some news here uh, from everybody, but I'm reading the Chris Johnston piece. Placed on waivers, NHL waivers today, Nick DeSimone and Adam Rosicka from Calgary. Rosicka is an interesting player to me. Now, he's having a poor year, but, you know, a lot of Flames are having poor years. And that is a guy that I, I'm fascinated to know, like to see if somebody picks him up. Um, he's an, I don't, I'm surprised they didn't trade him. Surely somebody would have been out there interested in, in picking him up. And, I mean, DeSimone's also an interesting guy. I don't know. I, I, like, I trust Calgary. They're a smart organization. They have been for a long time. This is a little bit different from from what I thought they would be doing right now. They're building, right? They're they're trying to get to where they're going. Is there a, is there a big deal coming? And this is why they've done it. It 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 was an interesting move today. JMO, as they say. Okay. On the way, we're going to talk to Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey, the Edmonton Journal. Talk about the Oilers last night. Uh, I want to talk to him about two things specifically: Stuart Skinner and the respect Skinner gets. And Ken Holland, and the 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 seesaw roller coaster roster that has been Holland since there are 
since he arrived in Edmonton. There are many things you can level criticism toward Ken Holland about that are on this roster and assets out. But it also would be um, incorrect to not acknowledge the team that is here and the patience shown earlier in the year. So we'll talk to Mr. McCurdy about that. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. Home of the ultimate grooming, grooming experience, the hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments are designed just for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Breaking news coming down this morning is five players from Canada's 2018 World Juniors team have been directed to report to police in London, Ontario to face charges of sexual assault. The prospective charges are related to an alleged sexual assault in June 2018 involving players from the 2018 team and a woman identified in court records as EM. Along the same line, five players have been granted leaves of absences from their current clubs. Dylan Dubé from the Flames, Carter Hart from the Flyers, Michael McLeod and Cal Foote from the Devils, and Alex Formanton from the Swiss club HC Ambry Piotta. In the league today, there are seven games on the schedule, including St. Louis in Vancouver and Chicago and Seattle, both at 8, and then Buffalo and L.A. at 8.30. The owners of the NBA's Utah Jazz said today that they have the immediate ability to bring an NHL team to Salt Lake City and requested the initiation of an expansion process. The Smith Entertainment Group said in a news release it would use the Jazz's arena as an interim home for their NHL franchise. SEG CEO Ryan Smith said the company is 100% focused on making this happen as soon as possible. News in the NBA as Doc Rivers has officially reached an agreement in principle to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, following their firing of Adrian Griffin yesterday, who went 30-13 and so far this season, with the club leading them to second place in the Eastern Conference. There are eight games on the schedule in the NBA today, including Phoenix in Dallas at 6.30, OKC in San Antonio at 7.30. Things still fluid in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, but there is one game on the schedule today. White Court is in Olds, and puck drop for that one is at 7. As always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. And finally, two games in the WHL tonight. Tri-City and Wenatchee at 5, and Everett and Kelowna. Puck drop for that one just after 6. Hour 2 of the Lowdown with Low Tide is up next. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been a Sports 1440 Update.